The Joker by Scott Leopold, Chapter 1 Let me explain how I came to my current state of mind. This morning, I balled my hands into fists as I woke up, screaming at the ceiling. I tried to move the rest of my body, but couldn't. Confused, I rolled my head, examining what looked to be a hospital room. Next to the monitor that was taking my vitals sat a woman reading from a notebook. Who are you? I asked. My name is Amanda. Can you tell me your name? I had to think for a minute. My name is Jack. Jack, do you know where you are? No, I don't. You're in the hospital. My mind became a tsunami of clashing memories, one thrown against another. I could hear Brooke crying out, I'm no longer in love with you. The pain was trying to break its way out of my head. I retched. Amanda rang for a nurse who elevated my bed. She held a plastic pan under my mouth. I vomited, heaving until there was nothing but bile and blood. The nurse picked up the phone and spoke to someone quietly on the other end. They must have instructed her to inject the medicine into my IV because she did so without hesitation. Wetting a cloth, Amanda wiped my face in an attempt to soothe me. I was shaking and twitching amid a full-blown panic attack until the volume kicked in. What is happening, I asked. Jack, do you remember what happened to you? The pain medicine was making my face numb. Wow, you're beautiful, I said. Amanda was blushing. Her facial expression shouted, stop looking at me. Well, thank you, Jack. So what do you remember? She asked. The flashes of memories began again, this time more slowly. I'm tied to a chair. A strange face appears. I hear Brooke scream. I cry like a desperate man trying to swim to shore, knowing he will never make it. Where is my family? Where is Brooke? Why isn't anyone here but you? Jack, you had a mental breakdown. When you got to the hospital, you were in shock, unable to communicate. You became violent. They had to sedate you. What do you mean? I don't remember none of that. Jack, some things are so disturbing to us that our brain shuts off our ability to remember. I felt like something had sucked me into another universe. Memories flew at me at the speed of light, one image of Brooke after another. I couldn't make it stop. This makes no sense, I shouted. Jack, try to write down any thoughts, feelings, or images you might remember. Maybe start with what you remember about your family. Journaling is a powerful tool that connects us to people, places, and events in our life. The brain has a way of opening our minds through our hands, of letting our thoughts pour out onto paper. Often, by journaling, we find the things about ourselves that we have repressed. Turning my head, I stared at the empty table near my bed. Jack, you need to rest. They brought you here without any belongings. Is there anything you would like? Yes, I want my family here with me. I'm sorry, Jack, they can't be here. What do you mean they can't be here? Jack, you're sick. We need to focus on getting you better. We need to understand what triggered your breakdown. But I need to see my family. I need them to be here. 
Jack, you need to work with me. We need to understand what happened first. Then we can talk about your family. Are you a cop? Yes, she replied. Do I need a lawyer, I asked. That's an option, but I'm here to help you, not arrest you. The volume was making me tired. I didn't have the strength to argue. Will you bring me a picture of my family, I asked. Sure, Jack. Try to get some sleep. We'll talk in the morning. When she put on her puffy jacket, I realized how lean her body was. Like she worked long hours and often forgot to eat. Her hands were dry and cracked, screaming for hand cream. Her long hair was thick and pulled back into a ponytail. But two heavy strands had scattered, escaping the comb she used to hold it all into place. There was something natural about Amanda that made her beautiful. After she left, I fell asleep and had the strangest dream. One I have had many times, but slightly different each time. I am sitting next to my mother, who is signing a pile of consent forms. A nurse walks out and calls for us. Cindy, are you, we're ready for you. My mother gets up and grabs my hand. You might want to leave him in the lobby. He's fine, my mother insists. I'm not sure that's a good idea. Don't tell me what's good for my son. Conceding defeat, the nurse escorts us to examining room. You've been here before. You know the routine, the nurse explains. My mother sits me down in a chair and hands me my favorite book, Green Eggs and Ham. Sit here and read while I talk to the doctor. My mother removes her clothes and puts on a medical gown. She walks over to the examining table and puts her feet into a set of metal stirrups. I laugh. I tell her she looks funny. Be quiet, goddammit! Sorry, I say as I go back to reading my book. The door opens and the doctor walks in the room, flanked by two nurses in traditional white uniforms. The doctor says good morning and my mother returns the greeting. Before the doctor starts his routine questioning, my mother bursts out. I want an abortion! She stares at me. Are you sure? The doctor asks. My mother murmurs, absolutely. All right, the doctor replies. Then my mother yells, I don't want this baby. I don't want this to make the same mistake twice. I can hear the hate in her voice, the hate I would learn to find comforting. Ah, get this thing out of me. I hate you. I hate you. Get out of me, my mother screams. I get out of my chair to get closer. I see a head coming out of her womb. I'm horrified. I step back when I see the baby's face. It's mine. When I woke up from my dream, my mind wouldn't stop racing. I was alone, just me and my thoughts, captive in my room. I couldn't escape them, no matter how much I tried. When my mother died, I found a box full of journals and letters. At first, I was afraid to read them, but over time, I found comfort in them. I decided to read through them again. I don't know why, but my dream made me think about Brooke. Maybe it's because she is one of the two people who have hurt me the most. Yet in spite of the pain, I can't stop loving them. I keep thinking about how messed up things with Brooke had become. 
without my realizing it was happening. Suddenly the thought of her with another man invaded my mind. I can envision them in our bed, the place where our children once slept with us. I wanted to tell Amanda, but I knew I couldn't. I wasn't sure if I could trust her yet, or anyone for that matter. Sadness crowded out my anger. Why did Brooke and I get to the, how did Brooke and I get to this place? Our relationship wasn't always bad. Some of my best memories had been with Brooke. Like the secret hand signal we would give each other when we wanted to say I love you. We would curl our index finger between our nose and upper lip, then gently swipe it downward toward our chin until it met our thumb. There could be a thousand people around us and not one person would know we were secretly telling each other, I love you.